Hi, I'm Jillian. I'm Olivia. I'm Holly, and you're listening to the Be Well Cartel podcast. Your go-to weekly podcast for women who want real, practical advice on food, fitness, and everything in between. And a healthy dose of dad jokes. Drum roll, please. We've got something big happening in the Be Well doing the Cartel drum roll with my International hands. Recording Studio. <laughs> special repeat guest here welcome da, da, da. I'm back yes after it's been it has been a long time yeah it's been like three months which is crazy to think um yeah. but we we are back and um with a very different life but I'm really excited to be back I've been looking forward to it um for the last couple of weeks so it's so nice and so nice to see your faces and we've already chatted for like an hour um but so much to talk about yeah Yeah, in classic in classic be well cartel form we basically like chatted a whole podcast and then we're like hey we should record a podcast (laughs) so here we are are. with our (laughs) podcast and I think, you know, normally you guys know, those of you that are longtime listeners, first time callers, I I don't know why I like saying that longtime listeners, first time callers, you know that we often will do a little chat about random things at the beginning of the podcast. And we thought, why don't we just do an entire podcast on a little chat about random life updates? So welcome to our little chat about random life updates. We're so happy you're here. The RLU. That's what I'm going to call this episode when I when I edit the it. R- random life. Yeah. yeah. Random so, life updates. OP. People that listen have been hearing Holly and my voices for a while, and so Boo. what? Will you update <laughs> us. What's going on? Let's hear some highs and let's hear some challenges. Um. Well, obviously, I well, I have been away for a few months because I had a baby. Um, Alfie and so there's been (laughs) I honestly don't even know where to start so many changes so many ups so many downs so many hard things Um, I yeah I mean the challenge the challenge of having a little human understanding motherhood like being in motherhood Um, and life being, you know, grieving my life that was, but also being like, you know, falling so in love with this little human and what he has given me and what work looks like now and being away from family. And yeah, so there's sort of, oh man, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) What's been your favorite part of motherhood so far? Um, connection with other women I think um it yeah that's been really amazing to have just such beautiful conversations with other women who are mothers you know maybe they're new mothers or you know mothers of children who are a lot older and just like sharing their experiences um I think it's like going into this this new realm of like new connection and new understanding and new empathy, which has been a really, really beautiful thing. 
I have just fallen in love with women even more, I think, from this experience. Um, and But also the bigger picture of from motherhood of like womanhood as well and how this sort of comes into everything is something that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, the invisible load that women carry, that mothers carry, um, is something that I have been thinking a lot about and trying to figure out myself um, and sort of connect connect the dots with. Um, so yeah, that's been a really beautiful thing is just connection with other women and um, understanding and really beautiful conversations. Um, but also, I mean, obviously having this little this little friend and he um being yeah just over 12 weeks now he's turning he's becoming a little bit more himself you know from being a kind of like baby that looks like a weird old man or do old men look like weird little babies <laughs> oh. that is like, the, you'll, we'll never know we will never yeah know. i mean that has is it been a benjamin button situation yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um so just getting to know him and he's smiling and laughing and stuff now which is really amazing um and yeah just just trying to figure this out and figuring out work with this as well um you know because that was my first baby and so trying to put these things together is really 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 hard but something that I have enjoyed and Holly you'll probably appreciate this is just like time management and being so on it with like schedule and you know I've 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 only got so many hours in a day to to work um and so making the most of that time and just like scheduling and like diary and google diary and you know all of these things which i thought wait would... olivia you've gone google calendar you've yeah you've... i'm oh like welcome gosh. to the dark side <laughs> yeah. you know something's happened when olivia had to do something other than paper is that just because it requires only one hand yeah 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 um so yeah that has been kind of interesting as well um just time being a privilege you know um mm. just everything with that um, and even my own needs, and I've talked about this quite a bit and like on social media and my emails and stuff of the way that I'm thinking about fitness now, because that for me has always been a need that needs to be met each day, like some kind of movement, whatever that is going to be, because me as a human, that is something that contributes to, to my vitality and my sense of self and stuff like that. And we know that um, that is for me. That's a that's a friendship that I have now with exercise. It's nothing. It's not a white knuckling kind of thing. Um, and so, kind of like re-establishing that with the time that I have and stuff has been interesting as well. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I I um, yeah. It's it's um it's been yeah just a lot. And time has gone so fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, even the birth itself was um, something that I'm really still trying to process as well. Um, I sort of have quite a bit of trauma from that. So um, yeah, just a lot, a lot has changed, but it's all been really wonderful things. And I feel like it's just been a complete unraveling of myself um, when I thought that I couldn't really unravel anymore from what I was, but um, I really have. And 
just like diving headfirst into this whole new way of being and a whole new way of life. It sounds like a very sort of like caterpillar to butterfly, caterpillar, caterpillar chrysalis butterfly situation with like birth kind of being like the emergence from that chrysalis and then being like, holy shit, I got to work out how to be a butterfly. Like, why can I fly? Like what's happening? (laughs) It sounds like very that kind of a, and then you can imagine like, yeah, and having to process all of that stuff, like caterpillar to butterfly with psychological awareness. Yeah. I want to know what was the most surprising thing? Like what was something that you were like, oh, I like, I feel like I, I know that this is gonna be this way. And then you're like, oh, wow, I was real wrong about that. Yeah, I think what has been interesting is that we have like underlying insecurities, right? Like we, we have things that just show up all the time with new things that we experience. We're like, oh God, okay, here's that thing again, which showed up in that other thing that I'd kind of gotten over, you know, like with... Um, with fitness and body image and stuff like that, it's like not feeling good enough and whatever. And I've sort of come through that and I have a really beautiful relationship with my body and exercise and food and stuff like that. And other areas of my life, I've also worked through insecurities and things like that. But now entering this, it is like opened up this, or everything. It's opened up everything again of feeling not good enough with, being a parent or being a mother like every single thing I'm questioning every single thing I'm like oh my gosh Alfie just doesn't even like me (laughs) I I am doing this wrong I and there's a lot of responsibility like when you have a little human and like you're responsible for their way of thinking about the world you know and so fairly high amount yeah yeah Yeah. and so probably the most responsibility you can take for something yeah And so it makes you really like all of a lot of my stuff has come up again. So for example, I went to this mother's group thing um, last week, which you guys can probably imagine was like, I'm like really surprised that you just said that actually. Yeah. It took, I've gone twice and it was a lot of cajoling myself to, to go. (laughs) Was it, Um, but here's my question. Was it as bad as your brain told you it was going to be? Um, no. And this is the thing is that there was so much self-judgment from me of like me turning up quite a hot mess because uh, um, none of the other women work um, and I'm the only one that is working. And so to me, I'm turning up like total hot mess, was late because I had been working um all of their babies are wearing like these like nice little bows and stuff in their hair. And I, yeah. Um, Your baby's in like a, a like a biggie t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually do have a biggie t-shirt for him. So that is really funny. <laughs> um, but what I, what I realized happened last week, I, I felt like I was justifying a lot of things when I was there. Like, Oh, I look like this because of this and I'm late because of this and Alfie's like this because of this and and I'm projecting my stuff onto him Mm. and it was all perfectionist kind of stuff that was Mm. coming out and I was like wow that is so hectic and that is so intense but it made me but the way that I kind of got through that was like well I'm aware that I'm doing this so 
that is the best that I can do right now is actually be aware of where my stuff might be coming out with how I present Alfie. And so I can just continue to be aware of that and continue to challenge that. Um, But I think that that has been one of the most interesting things about this process is like, you do a lot of work on yourself and then you are presented with a whole different experience and challenge. And it's like, wow, here I am again. Here I am again. Wherever you go, there you are. You know, the same stuff yeah, yeah. shows up. So that has been an interesting thing to kind of work through. One thing just superficially on Alfie is that like just no one can have better hair than he has. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, if you need something to anchor work. yourself in at any moment, you just be like, but look at his hair. Just look yeah. at this great <laughs> hair. It's so good. I think it's so interesting though, because it's like you, you know, obviously I'm not a mother. I've never been pregnant. I don't have a child. And I think that a lot of women or and men too that are listening can relate to what you just said though, about this, like trying to justify based on sort of maybe what we imagine that others are putting on us. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's like, we don't actually, I've had this conversation recently with a couple of clients where it's like, we don't actually have any idea what other people's judgments are of us, but we're trying to preempt that by like justifying. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's also just the internal, right? Like even if you've worked through the letting go of other people's judgment, like you're, that's, that's what, that's what Olivia just said. Right. It's the, like, wherever you go, here you are. It's like you, you are still there. And if you have Mm -hmm. this perfectionistic tendency stuff it's kind of like oh I don't care what anyone else thinks but I think this way of myself and Mm. therefore I like still feel the need to present this way for my own perception and that that still comes from like stuff we grew up with and whatever but like being able to work through that as well as it's it's easier to rationalize the idea of like okay cool I noticed that I'm thinking about other people's judgments and I can learn to let go of that but letting go of your own internal perfectionist traits is like a, a whole extra like ball game on top of that yeah it's it's yeah. interesting because I obviously I'm gonna bring this back to being to having a dog because that's the person <laughs> that I am but like I notice myself when if I'm walking on a and like people will tell me all the time like oh my gosh she's like chill she's such like a well-behaved dog and in my head I'm like that is not true like she is not a well-behaved dog she is a bad dog she is like I have tried so hard and she is still not a good dog and in my head I'm like I am putting so much pressure on myself but it's like literally the only person that seems to be bothered by this is me because I have this vision in my head of like what it's what a well-behaved dog is supposed to be like and it's just so interesting because it's like no one has ever like no one's ever made me feel bad about this like this isn't judgment on someone else Mm, but this is because I have this vision in my head of like what it's supposed to be like and it and it's so interesting because then it's like even if someone else tells you like hey that's not true that's not how I see it it's like yeah but I'm too busy like punishing myself for it exactly I actually um, just wrote my email that's going out tonight and I'm talking pretty much about this is the way that we identify ourselves Mm. and, you know, um, the way that we label ourselves is, and we hear this all the time, right? Probably, I mean, you guys, the kind of people that you work with, I know that I hear this a lot from my clients is I'm a perfectionist or, you know, I'm someone who da, 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 da. I have really high high standards for myself. Yeah. I'm an all or nothing person. Mm. Um, 
And it's so interesting because we are the ones that actually give meaning to what that is for us. And it is so crazy that we we have all of that power that we put on ourselves, but we also have the power to detach from that. And the language with that is so important, right? Of like, um, I, instead of I am, da, 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 I feel, da, da, da. Or I choose. I choose or I like, or I don't like, or I would like, you know? Um, But that the, the way that we identify ourselves is just so deep and hard and, and messy, but it is interesting thinking about, what we think other people think of us because and this is something that I remind my clients of all the time is like we literally have no idea what other people are thinking like yeah and even if they say oh you know you don't look like a hot mess they could be thinking that you're a hot mess you know and that's like but but what I find quite freeing whenever I do get caught up in thinking of what other people are thinking I'm like, oh, wow, it's actually their right to think whatever they want to think about me. Like, I can't, they, I can't control that. And it's their right, you know, they can, their brain, they can, they can experience me however they want to. And I have no control over that. So what am I even doing? (laughs) And it's such a way to kind of like find freedom with that and find a bit of space, I think. I don't know where I heard this. I like, I honestly cannot, I wish I could remember, but someone said, or, or I read something that was like, what other people think of me is none of my business. Mm. Mm. And it was just like that, that was like, oh my gosh, that is absolutely true. And if I can actually embody that, where it's like that person could be thinking that like my dog is badly behaved, but like, that's none of my business. That's their stuff. Like, unless my dog is like biting them, then it literally doesn't matter. And that right. I think was, that was really freeing. Another second really freeing thing was, is actually another dog observation. So I, I've been going to the dog beach frequently just because it's like a fun place to go and play. And it's like a beach where you're quite active. You're not just like sitting there and like toasting. And, um, and I realized that being there and seeing all of the other different types of like bodies and people and everyone is actively like playing with their dogs or watching other people's dogs or interacting with other people's dogs. And I was like, there is so much more joy on this beach. And part of it is because I doubt most of the people here are sitting here being like freaking out about their bodies because they're, they are participating actively in something else and something that brings them joy. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, I mean, it was just confirming so many of the things that we talked about where it's like, Hey, part of having better body images is like doing stuff that like, has you think about your body less. So yeah, that was a really sort of like freeing realization of like, I don't think I ever want to go to a non-dog beach again. Dog beaches sound very joyful oh my god um, Julian what what else what else has been going on in your life what are you I mean I know you were just telling us how you're reconsidering the entirety of being but right before this podcast but um <laughs> what's going on in your life how's it going oh what's going on in my life um so yeah I mean as of right now I'm in the middle of launching the beta beta round of the confident eater program which is a program I don't think I've ever been so proud of something that I put out because I feel like this like 
I don't want to say the word solves, but I feel like it addresses so many of the problems that, and the struggles that we come up against, especially as like women that do have sort of perfectionist tendencies and live in a very sort of diet culture, pervasive society. Um, and with that, I think, unfortunately, you know, you can only scratch the surface in a couple of months, but yeah, so I'm in the middle of that. And, and also I am, I think I'm in a really interesting sort of transition phase right now where I mentioned on the podcast that like, like Victor and I broke up and we had sort of plans to go move to another country together. And that was not a, I wouldn't say it was like a sad breakup in the sense that like, it was both, it was clear that like, Hey, this isn't where either of us need to be right now. And this isn't going to make either of us happy or contribute to either of our happinesses. And, um, and so that's good. But now I'm very much like wide open with like, well, now what the hell do I do with my life? Cause I sort of like had this like quote unquote plan. And now I'm yeah. Like Holly, like you said, I'm a little bit like, well, now I've so many different options are open to me. Cause truly like my business is 100% mobile. That is without a doubt. All I need is a, my computer and some internet. And I, yeah, so I have all of these options open to me and it's sort of like causing a bit of an existential crisis. It's, it's exciting and also causing a bit of an existential crisis at the same time. But I, I would say that that is a very, like very much like a very privileged challenge to have. And I am also, I'm also, I've been talking to my therapist a little bit about um, like an ADD diagnosis and what that might look like and getting, getting screened for, for that. Um, so hopefully that is something that I'm going to tackle very soon just to kind of understand what that means and have a little bit more clarity. Not that I, if I did get diagnosed, I have no idea if I would choose the medication route or not. I would say, I have no idea. I honestly couldn't answer that question at this moment in time. I have no idea. I usually but, like for my clients who get ADD diagnoses, I usually encourage them to at least like try it for like a, a week, for example, mm -hmm. partly just for, because usually if people are considering not doing it, it's a stigma thing. People are like, yeah. oh, you know, like I don't want to be the person who like needs medication. And I'm like, you don't need it. Obviously you don't need it because you've been living this whole time. Mm -hmm. So like, and the the thing with ADD medication is that it's very instantaneous. It's like two days, you you can notice whether it's going to work for you or not. And then I'm like, and then you can stop it next week if you want to. And there's there's few withdrawals as well. So it's an interesting one yeah. to explore. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's like, and that's an interesting one, right? Because it, it's like whether or not I do have a diagnosis, like if I was diagnosed with ADD, like that would be a little bit of an identity shift, right? Mm. So I think I've, and that in itself poses a challenge of like, well, if this thing did happen, then how would that sort of change my life in the way that I see myself. But at the same time, I don't think it's really fair that I like put myself in that situation until I actually cross that bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit of mind management that is happening at the moment. Um, but on the upside, therapy is going really well because I can now cry freely, which is something I have never in my life been able to do. And that's I'm very awesome. proud of myself for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, really proud. Like, it might sound weird to someone listening to be like, what do you mean you can't cry freely? But like, I've always been really, really ashamed of expressing like negative, quote unquote, quote unquote, negative emotions and learning how to do that, even in like the privacy of my own home, it feels like weirdly liberating, which mm -hmm. is really cool. So yeah. I, I think that's weird at all. I think that's like, 
fantastically liberating and it's it's also nice sometimes like I don't know if you do this Olivia but sometimes I'll be like in my day and I'll be like you know what like I need like a good cry later like I can feel it I can like feel it See, I've heard people in my talk body. about that but like never <laughs> understood it yeah I, but, but then, but then when you can happens. experience it it's like oh yeah. it's like a it's like a physical outlet of it doesn't have doesn't all, all have to be negative emotions it's kind of just like like your emotion well is quite full of whatever yeah. it's like hmm, just let a little out see my emotion well was literally like blocked off with like a cement it was like I had but read the all water the was like literature and could write like a lovely size yeah could write like a lovely thesis on like hey this is how you identify and manage your emotions but actually doing it was not something I was very well versed in but the, also um, if we see managing emotion as like stopping ourselves from engaging yeah. with then yeah. that's a different that's very different to be like managing emotion by expressing yeah or manage or managing versus engaging I suppose mm. the the crying thing though is really interesting because um and I actually honestly I just used this example last week when I was talking about um like the idea of surrendering to in my client group that's what it is and how yeah. we actually surrender because um it is it's like it, when you're crying and you're trying not to cry, you're actually just resisting. That is just resistance. And resistance cause su- causes suffering. Yeah. But yeah. when you've been, fo- when you've been so, when you've learned so, like learned and repeated and reinforced over the course of like decades to not surrender, it, it is really hard to see that another option exists. Totally. So I was just more just saying that with that feeling of liberation yeah. that you get from yeah. crime, because that is the not resisting anymore and just like for, for anyone, you know, um, just crying. And um, I think it's it's such an, an it, like an interesting way to kind of conceptualize that whole idea of like, obviously for you, Gillian, it's like, there's a lot there. Um, but for criers like myself, like when I resist it, it feels hard. And then when you let it go, it's just like, oh, like liberating, like Holly said. Yeah. And there's also the whole, well, firstly for Jillian, I know Jillian, you like on, if, even if we go back many, many, pod, like a year of podcasts ago, you were like really working on also just being more vulnerable. And I mm. think that, and like expressing and like talking about your feelings, right. Was it was a big thing for you in the first place. And I think that like crying is is an extreme expression of vulnerability right because when you're in that moment of crying like what are you going to do like you're not in a situation there where you can also be like and and I'm threat detection like defending myself like no it's just full mm-hmm. it's full like eat like letting go and yeah. I think yeah even if you want to look at it from like a physiological perspective like Peter Levine's research on sort of like somatic experiencing and all that kind of stuff I think is really interesting too and sometimes when I have clients who are struggling with like the that need like they can tell they have the need to cry or whatever but they either find themselves doing inappropriate inappropriate quote-unquote inappropriate Mm. situations or like basically ones where they would rather like they know where where it would be nice for them to do it and they're like oh that's not really working like I often send them that like somatic experiencing stuff and they're like oh okay like I see um we can kind of build it in that way well Holly what's going on with you yeah I guess I guess last time we did the podcast I wasn't I I know that last time Olivia was on the podcast I wasn't in the U.S. because 
we did a lot of time zone juggling to make this yeah. work and I, I moved to the worst possible time zone for our like trifecta <laughs> um so yes so yeah so I'm I'm in San Francisco now which people who've been listening to the podcast probably already know and it's been awesome actually like being able to be back somewhere where I can be a bit more independent with my schedule at my family's place in the UK yeah like you've been you cannot it's in a field so pretty limited so it's been nice just to be able to be like oh I'm just gonna walk to the grocery store and buy some groceries like even that kind of freedom has been nice and also re uh reconnecting with a in-person community has been really nice so I think during COVID I kind of convinced myself that I didn't need that um but being able to do that like uh, through jujitsu being back here I was like oh I really like this oh <laughs> uh, I that I so feel that like that connection I was talking to my husband about this just the other day I'm like I'm really tired of being alone all the time and like the last three years living in Korea and it's just like being alone like completely alone all the time and um thinking about yeah more more community and like collaboration and stuff like that so I think that's so cool. And I love hearing about your jujitsu and like teaching the children. The little kids. Oh my yeah. God, they're so cute. So cool. <sighs> they're so, so cute. cute. And like, that's nice too, because it's like, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, I don't need to coach in person anymore. And I was like, oh, this is a really nice, like low pressure way of doing some coaching. Um, and it's very, like, it's very pure. Cause like, they don't have all the adult, like weird stuff yet. They were just like, like here I am like take me as I come and I'm like oh it's very it's very refreshing and yeah a lot of them are really cute and one of the kids last week asked if he could call me mom and I was like oh I was like okay first of all like what about your real mom but also like inside I was like oh it's so his mom heard that she was yeah luckily it was just his dad that was there and his dad does his dad does the adult um jujitsu classes and his dad was just kind of like whatever (laughs) it's so interesting because it's like when you get to spend time with kids you realize like all of this stuff like all of the stuff that's in our backpacks it's like there was a time where all of that stuff wasn't in our backpack but it's also interesting to see like the things that they pick up and what they choose to put into they've already got little backpacks on right so it's interesting to see what they've chosen to put into their little backpacks and see what comes out because they're also very like open you know they don't they don't like they're not trying to do like as much social juggling yet and so they kind of just like say things and you're like oh in- interesting like okay that's mm-hmm. what you've chosen to like store in there for now like let's see how that goes yeah did you guys ever watch that show kids say the darnest things oh my god my cousin no. was on that show oh really yeah my cousin I, was like on an episode of that show I used to love that show I just used to think it was the funniest thing ever because kids really do say the dinosaur thing there's a couple there's another show I've got wait I've got to find the name of this there's a couple um like Instagram accounts where they're like people will just post things that their kids say yeah and it's just hilarious and I I I live from snack time is one of my favorite Uh, yeah there's also and then recess therapy is another absolutely incredible kids saying stuff that's like little like that's like this guy julian goes out and like interviews kids in parks mm. in yeah. new york 
And it, oh my God, it's so funny. There was, I saw a video yesterday on TikTok and it was um, like a mom saying, hey kids, like what should we smash? And one of the kids goes, avocado. And, the, uh, and then, and then the, the camera moves and there's a little girl. She goes, the patriarchy. Oh, <laughs> I was like, amazing. all right, that is incredible. Well, um, there's another show. There's another show. Just I'll just wrap up on this. There's another show called Old Enough on mm. Netflix. I don't know if anyone's watched it, but it's like sure, it's like 10 minute thing. So you can watch on like a little like break from your day. And it's a Japanese show, which we already know is going to be good. Um, because it's Japanese, Japanese shows are always yeah. fantastic. And they basically take little kids and they give them a task to do by themselves. So for example, oh, I've um, heard this, like they have to go yeah. to the grocery store and stuff. Exactly. So like, so, oh, like, the mom will be like hey, yeah. like, you know, Jack, I want you to make orange juice by yourself. Yeah. Um, and I'll and they'll tell them the instructions to make orange juice. So the kid has like go to the store and like buy the oranges and then like go home, make the orange juice, and then bring it back to the parents and they like put little cameras on them you know and it'll be stuff like yeah. they can't reach the right thing in the grocery store so they'll just be like eh, i'll just take this thing instead or like whatever <laughs> or like this the kid who was making the orange just goes home and the parents are like wow i can't believe he like got the stuff and he went home like this is amazing and then he just like plays with his dog for like two hours and they're like oh, <laughs> like, oh it's so i'm gonna watch so wholesome. that yeah. i've seen it pop up I a couple times it. but yeah i'm not a big netflix I think I just have issues with watching things that are longer than 60 seconds. You know what? I am TikTok getting- TikTok might feed into really that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I started watching the J-Lo documentary. Oh my God. It's so good. I watched it this weekend. Uh, well, I have like gone on and I'm just like, I watched like two minutes. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's happening on Instagram. Have I'm you seen like, the, have you seen the Taylor crazy. Swift documentary? Yes. I, yep. So that one made me like her so much. And yeah, then the JLo documentary made me like her so much. So I'm pretty sure these I, documentaries are just to make you like people more. Yeah. JLo is just, she's just a, she's just a badass, you know? She's just oh my like God. a real dope, like, chick. I think so, she's awesome. So one of my clients it works in the airline industry and she, um, and she went, she had some event and JLo was there and was like this far away from her. Cool. And, like. and she, and yeah. it was interesting. It was actually really interesting because it brought us into a, a really fa fascinating conversation about like how Jennifer Lopez needs to eat in order to maintain her level of fitness. Because I think that they, you know, you look at like a Hollywood actor and like they could, yeah, like maybe they are eating 1200 calories a day and like starving themselves and have no energy. Who knows? I have no idea. But like the amount of activity that Jennifer Lopez does is like, she needs to be eating at least somewhat like an athlete. Otherwise she cannot physically perform the way that she does. Mm. And so that, yeah, it was a really interesting, it was a really interesting conversation around, Hey, like, this is where we really need to look at function and eating for function. Because if she was just eating to look super skinny, she would not be anywhere near successful as she is because she physically wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. So, yeah. But then we Anyways. kind of look at like the Beyonce documentary and or was it in the documentary but you know how she had to well she chose to lose a lot of weight for I think that was the Super Bowl as well right wasn't it I couldn't and I didn't TV. watch the Beyonce documentary I started watching it and then I was like this is just her concert but I think it was quite um it was quite there was 
you know quite a bit sort of written a, uh, about it and talked um, about it I mean she's the same th- same thing right like very very active on stage like mm-hmm. dancing and she was in a massive massive calorie deficit but she talked about how hard that was yeah. um but yeah that it, it isn't interesting to think about that um did you guys you must have seen the Jillian Mike Jillian Michaels horrendous reel that she did this week no did you see that? no I'm going to have to go oh. look at it, but oh, also we're going to get down such a rabbit hole here. I think we need to cut ourselves off. Yeah. Just go <laughs> and what, go and look at Jillian Michaels and go and look at her stupid reel about. I keep um, wondering if she's just trolling at this point or if she genuinely is like this reel. It's to... just like, are you actually, and then look at the comments. It's just like, oh, okay. Okay, check wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We didn't wow, even talk wow. about the Ryan Fisher one anyway. Oh my God, that one was, <laughs> oh. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the one in the next, and he, I mean, he deleted it, but I yes. saw that yeah. and the, the comments were just like, uh, anyways, anyways. But All were right. the comments, because he deleted it before I, I got a chance to see it, but were the comments just like you? Comments were, <laughs> I've bought stuff from you. So essentially, I guess, since we're talking about this, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? And after this, we are cutting ourselves off because I have to go. Um, so essentially Ryan Fisher, which if you guys don't know who he is, he is a fitness coach based out of Southern California. He's incredibly shredded. He he owns a very successful gym. Yeah. He runs a very successful successful gym. He has a pretty disordered relationship with food, if you ask me, um, and is like very hyper-focused on appearance, but whatever. Anyways, he posted something looking at the top gun or the, the top gun actors, like what they Mm. looked like then and what they look like now. And essentially was like talking shit about Val Kilmer and I don't remember what the woman's name was mm. um I don't yeah I don't I don't know because I never watched Top Gun but anyways was essentially showing you know like uh t- um if you look like this like it's because you've let yourself go or something like that and along those lines, and he was yeah. like you can see like when you take care of your body and when you eat well like this is what you can look like and people in the comments were like Val Kilmer had cancer and like the the woman they were like she has she was sexually assaulted like she has trauma and there were it was just comment after comment but also of being like, like well that stuff should also just be like regardless yeah like, like it's none of your business justification like you can yeah. exi- like those people don't have to justify existence to you exactly. or changing bodies or like you know he was very aggressive about basically being like if you if your body changes like this it is your fault and you um are at fault yeah, though so I I have to say I was so impressed with the comment section because there was out for every one person that was like, yeah, dude, there was 50 that said, hey, I have respected your content and I like your programs and I've bought stuff from you, but this is really distasteful. And I find this a horrible, like, I think this is a horrible thing to say. Like, you should be embarrassed about this. Like, and it lasted, I think he took it down after a day or so. Um, it was very short because by the time you had sent it to us, we yeah. went to look at it and it was gone. And when yeah. I looked at it, when I saw it, there were already like 250 or 300 comments on it. Yeah. So, and I looked yeah. at his stories to see if he would have said anything about it, like you know, like or, yeah. apology or something. And there was just like him, I don't know, was at the beach or With something. With shirt like off that. doing something. Yeah. Like. I was just like, okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. Well, on that note, um Olivia we're so happy you're back this is such a lovely oh, catch-up and be back. um I'm gonna go prepare myself because tonight is the my favorite and by favorite I'm very sarcastic about this my favorite holiday in Spain where in this area of Spain they just set off fireworks all night long so 
Oh, I remember this from previous oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this from last year we talked yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. It was a year already. That's crazy. I know. I know. So also, I luckily... So she, I know. Luckily, Anna like does not care. Like I could literally oh, cool. vacuum over my wow. dog, and she would not care. <laughs> like she's she's Nina, weirdly chill about it. Do that and send us a video of you. Oh my god, I did do it the other day. I vacuumed over her, and I did a TikTok video. I will send it to you guys, and I'll also post it on the Be Well Cartel Instagram. You having TikTok makes me want to get TikTok, so I can just follow you and no one else yeah. might do it. You should. I occasionally will do funny things, and then sometimes it's just like the same thing that I post on Instagram. But occasionally, it's like something that is I find quite well done but that's my own opinion (laughs) (laughs) well friends I love you both um we will talk very soon and thank you oh thank you so much for listening to the podcast this was just a great conversation between us and I forgot we were recording this podcast so if you are enjoying the podcast and you think that anybody else could benefit from listening to the be well cartel go ahead and send them over this episode, another episode, whatever episode you want. And please, please, please leave us a rating wherever you listen to this podcast because that is super helpful for getting other people to find us. And with that, we hope that you have a wonderful day, evening, morning, wherever you are.